This episode of Dawn of Mantis is brought to you by DadSuggest.com. This is fatherly thoughts on kids' books, board games, and more. Um, he's got something about bedtime stories, um, high-quality bedtime stories you can read with your kids. Um, it's a great article that's kind of new, and he's also talking about some board games if you love chess. Chess is a pretty cool game that I'm not good at. But anyway, um, go to DadSuggest.com. He updates it weekly. And now on with the show. Quiet your mind. Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. But two brave, uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mantis. The night is Tuesday. The time, 7.30. Two men meet in Cellar Top Studio to converse. What they discuss is a mystery, even to them most nights. As they wayfare from topic to topic, the hour will grow late and you, the audience, will ponder if the host will ever reconvene to the original episode subject or if the entire episode will fall into the Twilight Zone. Welcome to Heater Talk. This is actually, we went back in time and we recorded this because we just wanted to tell you um, with the heater on because it's real cold, you'll you'll hear that part in a minute too. But uh, this has spoilers, uh, a lot of them. Yeah. So if you are thinking about getting in the Twilight Zone and, um, you know, you're gonna, it's going to take you some time to get through it. And if you don't want spoilers, do not listen to this episode. Go to the next one or something. Yeah, go listen, go watch all the episodes and then listen to this then episode. Then come back to and 23. And you'll be like, I know that one. I watched that one. Yeah. I know what these guys are talking about. That's right. Okay. So we just want to tell you that because nerds can be angry at some time, <laughs> uh, at some points. And I'm going to write a strongly worded letter. Why did you spoil it for me? <laughs> okay. We're nerds too. We know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. On with the show, really, this time. Welcome to episode 23. Um, obviously we're going to talk some twilight zone here, but how's everything going, Joe? It's cold as hell. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is cold <laughs> as a place that's known for being very cold. <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? How did that saying come to be? Oh, I don't know. Cold as hell. I guess something, it gets so hot that it gets cold. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. No, no. Yeah. It's so hot. It's almost cold. <laughs> But yeah, so it is cold. It is cold as hell. Last night, the windshield was mi- minus nine. Yeah, something like that. And it right now, crazy. I think outside it's like 20 degrees. I have yeah, no idea. And, and falling. And falling. So, And we are live from, well, not live for you, but right now we're live yeah. from Cellar Top Studios. We we had a little fun at the Twilight Zone expense, actually mm-hmm. at, our, at our own expense. Um, I will say that we are both huge fans, and it's kind of funny. We haven't done this until now. I know. There's some other Twilight Zone podcasts out there, and um, um, one of them I really like. I, I haven't listened to a lot of them. Um, Joe was not impressed with some of the other ones he heard. But, I mean, if they're fans and they're having fun, they're liking what they do, and they have fans that like what they do, that's that's cool, right? Yeah, yeah. I just I, I looked at three, or I listened to three, and one only did like two episodes in 2008. Oh, uh, okay. And it didn't, so sound they didn't like, stick with it. No. And it didn't sound like they took those two very seriously. And then another one, I don't know. And then the third one, 
uh, was narrated by oh, a guy. Oh, yeah. That the podcast was 44 minutes long, but if he would have spoken normally, could have been seven minutes. Oh, uh, okay. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm, I can't handle this. Yeah. I was out on butt. So, I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe that's someone's cup of tea. Uh, the one that I like. It's called The Twilight Pwn, and Joe didn't listen to no. this one, but it's basically, and I'm plugging them, but that's cool because I think they do a good job. It's two guys, and, and I, I forgot their name. It's been a while since I listened, but basically what they do that I that I like and kind of reminds me of us is they write their own Rod Serling-style intro to whatever episode they're talking about, and it's kind of tongue-in-cheek sometimes. They kind of make fun of the episodes, but they're allowed to because they give – episodes a lot of respect when they get to where they're actually talking about the episode so they're kind of messing around at first but then they really talk about the episode and what they liked about it and things like that. so each podcast episode is on a on an episode cool yeah it's really cool it's really cool well tonight we're going to be talking about the whole damn enchilada yeah yeah i'm 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 good with that yeah i love it yeah and you suggested this a while back and it's funny because ever since we've done this we've finished the cellar top studio we got a twilight zone you know, poster yeah, or whatever. That, that might've been right what there. reminded me of it. Maybe so. Um, and you know, we haven't, have we done any other episodes, other or any, uh, episodes about TV shows we did he man. Yeah. Um, but that's just kind of a toy slash show. We watched when we were kids. Yeah. Um, I don't see us doing very many episodes about a show. No. Um, <clears throat> maybe they're Kardashians <laughs> in a, you know, the real housewives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, that will not happen ever. I tell you what, though, I'm we're just going to barely scrape the surface to understand the Twilight Zone. We need to we have to talk about Rod Serling, the creator. We have to. Yeah. But we could do a whole episode on just, you know, his life and mm-hmm. him. But we're I mean, we're just going to scratch the surface yeah. enough to give people an idea of how the Twilight Zone came to be. Yeah, a talented and some of those writers, some of those other writers, man. Amazing. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Okay. Shall we begin? Let's go. So The Twilight Zone, if you didn't already know, was an American television series on CBS that aired for five seasons from 1959 to 1964. It was the brainchild of playwright, screenwriter, and producer Rod Serling, who also presented and narrated the show. He also served as executive producer and wrote 92 of the 156 episodes. Mm -hmm. It is known as a standalone series, which means each episode was its own story instead of a running theme or connected storyline. This format meant the show did not have a select group of reoccurring actors or a set cast, so every episode featured different actors, although over the years, several actors did make more than one appearance. Like uh, Shatner. Shatner. I don't know why that came to mind first off for me, too. Pretty much every actor you can think of from that era was on the show at some point. Some who were famous at the time and some who would go on to become famous. This is just a few. The the list was huge. But let's go through just a little bit. There's Burt Reynolds, Robert Redford, Carol Burnett, Julie Newmar, Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner, George Takai, three of the Mm -hmm. major Star Trek alumni. Yeah. Dean Stockwell, Jonathan Winters, Mm -hmm. Dick York, Charles Bronson, Robert Duvall, Peter Falk, Dennis Hopper, Ron Howard, Burgess Meredith, Mickey Rooney, and even my silent film idol, Buster Keaton was on there. Really? I didn't know that. Me neither. And I don't know what episode. I don't uh, remember ever seeing him. Find out. Yeah. I know. I guess. Was it, he a major part or, or you don't know that? You know, a 30 second Google search would probably tell us. Where's well, my phone? What, yeah. No, no, I can look it up. Keep going. Keep okay. Reading. I'll look it up. The show was, was well received from the get go and won numerous Emmy and Golden Globe awards. Uh, it would go on to have two episodes listed on TV guides, 100 greatest episodes of all time. And the, those two episodes were... To Serve Man, 
We love that one. And It's a Good Life. Okay. It would also be ranked by Rolling Stone magazine as the seventh best television show of all time. In 2013, the Writers Guild of America ranked The Twilight Zone as the third best television show or series ever. And TV Guide would later list it as the fifth greatest show of all time. So to get a better understanding of the show and uh, how it came to be and what made it so great, we need to talk about the show's creator, Rod Serling, and what inspired him to create it. Okay, so I've got Buster Keaton in the episode. It's episode 78. It's called Once Upon a Time. Um, time? I can't think of what season that would have been. Oh, season three. Um, And it's about um, a grumpy man in in 1890 dissatisfied with what the world has come to, um, the surplus, all that stuff. Um, and then it basically, I guess it sends him, wait, I'm trying to, is he like a store owner? Uh, he, he sees a guy that invented a time. He meets a guy that invented a time helmet. He can transport the guy back. Yes. I, and, and if you look at this guy, you'll say, Hey, that's Buster Keaton. He was quite a bit older than, yeah, but it still has a lot of physical comedy in it. Just like the old silent films. And oh. the helmet was this, the helmet was this kind of like colander looking thing with all these tubes coming out of See, it. I, I totally remember I, that. I always prove myself wrong because I'm like, I think I've seen every episode, but I guess I haven't. I haven't either. Because every but. once in a while, someone will, are you, well, just you, you're my only friend, but uh, <laughs> someone will bring up one and I'll say, yeah, maybe I haven't. Or maybe I, I had forgotten. Um, it is, one. it is very much so in the style of the old Buster Keaton silent film era. Yeah. Uh, it's very cool. You got to watch it. Yeah, you watch yeah it. I want to check it out now. It's it's also a Matheson. Um, and I've noticed a lot of the episodes that I like are Richard uh, Matheson. Oh, okay. So there's Charles Matheson or Richard Matheson and Charles Beaumont. Yeah. Were the other two main writers along with Rod Serling. Yeah. And he, you know, what's funny about him is he wrote I Am Legend the original book in the fifties. No way. The movie that was a big hit for really? Will Smith. Yeah. He wrote that vampire movie. <clears throat> that is awesome. So he wrote nightmare to 20,000 feet. He wrote steel. The one about the robots. Oh, cool. Um, let's see. Oh, <laughs> and this is Meredith. He adapted about? a night, his 1971 short story for a screenplay for Steven Spielberg in a movie. Can you guess what movie that is? 1971 Spielberg. Oh, was it uh, the third kind? No. Or, I mean, not the third kind, but um, Close Encounters? No. Uh, 1971 was before. Okay. I don't know. Duel. Oh, Duel. No way. Duel is one of my favorite movies. Oh, my God. So, like I said, this guy is amazing. Uh, he, he's written a lot of really cool stuff. Um, Dennis Weaver, right? Yeah, Weaver. Yeah. 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 Man, that is... Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Anyway, what's funny about that movie... Um, I don't know if I want to say what happened, but um, someone posted in in a little blog that I um, talked to about old movies and TV shows and stuff. Someone posted a cover of the movie, like a a VHS cover, I guess. Yeah. Or a poster. And the uh, poster totally spoils what happens in the end of the movie. Oh, it shows shows the truck. Yeah. It shows shows almost exactly what happened at the end. It's so funny. I don't know that I've ever seen that before where the, (laughs) you know, can you imagine like Bruce Willis is like half ghost, half man in on the cover of that (laughs) on the cover of Titanic. It's just Rose floating on the door. Yeah. Reaching down into the water. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then after, after they've spent millions on the movie and they're watching all the movie posters go out and one of the guys is like, Oh shit. (laughs) Oh no, not that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess they didn't really think that was a 
huge you know twist ending but it kind of is i mean even though you even though when you when they started going up the hill you're like ah but i know what's gonna happen right right um but i was gonna say i was gonna save this for later but um what i absolutely love about the twilight zone there's a couple episodes i can think of that at the end you kind of know exactly what's going to happen but it's so entertaining actually not that you kind of know you know and it's so entertaining and it's so well written that you don't even care that you know what's going to happen. Right. Um, I knew the gla- the guy was going to break his glasses on the on the um, Bur- Burgess Mer- oh, yeah. Meredith. Yeah. I mean, that's so easy to call. I think I was oh, yeah. a kid and I was like, oh, he, he won't be able to read his glasses. Yeah, because the whole time he's like, I've, now I've got all this yeah. time to read. Yeah. But <laughs> it's not like I'm like, that's stupid. No. I got this figured out. It's like, man, that's a cool story. Yeah. Um, not not any show can pull that off or any any story. No, um, I would I'll just have to say that. But um, anyway, that's yeah, that's uh, enough for that. But that's that's one of my favorite episodes. You'd think I would be able to remember the title of it, but whichever one had Burgess Meredith with is when, it something? Is it time enough at last or something? Maybe like that? maybe so. Yeah, that, I can't remember. That's definitely an episode title. It'd probably yeah. be that one. Yeah, that that doesn't sound right to me though. But uh, anyway, keep going. Well, yeah, let's talk about Rod Serling. Uh, he got his start in radio, actually, in the 40s, writing storylines for shows and acting in them when needed, and even managed a station for a time. He became a professional writer in 1950, working for WLW Radio in Cincinnati, Ohio. He was also working as a freelance writer, selling scripts to other radio stations and also to television. However, in 1953, Serling quite abruptly moved his wife, Carol, and new baby daughter to, um, to Connecticut, where he wrote for... A live anthology shows, including Craft Television Theater and Appointment with Adventure and also Hallmark Hall of Fame. But within a year, Serling would also would make the move to New York because he said, quote, it was where the action was. And Mm -hmm. he ended up being right. Shortly after the move to New York, Craft Television Theater would air one of Serling's scripts. And I should say another one because they had used many of them before. But this one would change his life. It was his 72nd script. And the title was Patterns. To Rod, it was just another storyline. He didn't even make it a point to catch the live broadcast because he'd written so damn many of them at this time. Not that they weren't still cool and, you know, an accomplishment that one of your scripts was being used. But anyway, he just had a lot of them under his belt. Yeah. Um, According to Serling, after Patterns first airing, he, quote, said, my phone started ringing and never stopped. Critics praised the show and he was bombarded with offers of permanent writing jobs and producers wanting to buy more scripts. And then when he followed that with Requiem for a Heavyweight for the TV series Playhouse 90 the following year, and it too received much praise from both critics and viewers, Serling was officially established as royalty in the writing world. So riding this wave of success, he and the family moved to California and to television full-time in 1956. But once there, he would immediately become very frustrated with creative differences and corporate censorship from network sponsors. Yeah. I mean, I, you can you can definitely tell any episode that he wrote is... is I can't think of one that I've seen his name cr- accredited to that is not a good episode. Oh, for sure. Um, he for definitely... Sure. And I mean, some of the ones... Some of the ones that aren't great, I think maybe just like... Time kind of gets to them. Time, not everything's timeless, right? Right. Um, but yeah, and it's not. You know, it was probably great then, but now it's just just too corny for now. Well, something we'll talk about later too is they were forced either in the third or fourth season 
to fill this other time slot that was an hour. Yeah. You know about that. Yeah. And actually, one of my favorite episodes is in that. Which one? It's the one with the mannequins. Oh. No, not the mannequins, but the but the wax figures that the guy keeps in his basement. Oh, yeah. The Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And the, that's, that's one of my favorite episodes. Now, I watch it now, and I don't love it now, but I just... I have a fond memory um, of being really scared of that when I was really? a kid. I could see that. Because that's another episode, like I was saying, like I knew what was going to happen. Those things are turning on that guy, <laughs> right? The whole time. And I'm just sitting there thinking, when? When are they going to get him? Oh, is it now? No, not now. You know, it's like. Is that is that the one with all the, like almost like the pews and they're all sitting on them and they're all like standing everywhere? Or am I thinking of No, he else? has a museum and he has all these, he's like the curator of this museum and it's not getting any, like people aren't showing up very often. So uh, they decide to close the museum and they're like, we'll destroy the figures. And he goes, no, I, you know, I'll take okay, care of them. Okay, and he okay. takes them home, puts them in the basement and, and his wife's so creeped out by him. And she's like, get rid of them, destroy them. And there's a big fight, like if he should get rid of them or not. And they're just like, you know, Jack the Ripper is like holding a knife and he has like this (laughs) smile, like little smile on his face the whole time. And this other other guy that strangled people, he has like a rope and there's like five or six of them in there. Dang. And he's like infatuated with them. And yeah, that's weird. It's, it's a good episode, but the hour long episodes, they, you know, Unless you're just like a diehard fan, you didn't really like them, I guess. Well, and they did not like that switch. Yeah. We'll talk about it more later. But yeah, when they told him that, Rod and, and everybody was like, Twilight Zone is a 30-minute show. It's perfect for that. I just wonder why but, they didn't do two episodes in one. You know, they do that now whenever we have an hour block. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess that wasn't in the cards or they'd have to have two production crews and they couldn't afford to do that. Yeah, I don't know. That was, that was weird. And I know, you know, TV was... I think I read somewhere when I was doing this research that that dramatic scripted series, which is kind of what Twilight Zone was kind of dramatic and Mm sci-fi, but they didn't even those didn't even start being produced for television until the late 40s. So this is this medium's a barely a decade old. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And I'm just trying to think there's not. I mean, you know, we have some shows now like Black Mirror and things like that, but it hasn't been replicated so much. Um you know, of course, the Night Gallery, but that's Serling as well. That was also Rod and he Serling. And Tales yeah. from the Dark Side, um, like Creep Show, not Creep Show. There was Tales, Tales from, from the, Crypt. the Crypt. Yeah, yeah. Creep Show is a movie that was kind of a bunch of shorts. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't been replicated so much to where you have new characters every time. Um, <laughs> Dude, I, I used to love uh, Tales from the Crypt, though. Well, it's tonight we're talking about. <laughs> What happens when boy meets ghoul? <laughs> like, it used to scare the shit out of me when I was younger, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't love it, but I watched it. I love Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, that uh, was good, too. Yeah. And Amazing Stories. You remember that one? Amazing Stories. That was a George Lucas Spielberg thing. That is, that it was is. It was in the mid-80s, maybe late 80s. Lots of mullets. And, uh, well, it was a lot like Tales from the Dark Side. I think, I think if you saw the intro... It kind of had an Indiana Jones feel. I think maybe John Williams did the music for it. Mm, okay. And it showed like it always it, it always opened up. Oh, I just thought of another one too. I was I'm gonna ask you about. Anyway, um, it showed like a caveman family like around the fire and people are telling stories, and then it like it like fast forward and it, it'll show like people reading out of a book. So it's basically just. 
people sharing little stories. Oh, cool. And it had like pretty cool music and it was like jumping around to different things. It was a really cool intro and it had a great theme song. But there's another one called Monsters. Do you remember that one? I don't know why these aren't ringing a bell. I mean, if I saw I them, it was I on remember cable. Um, it was, it basically had like a monster family. This was the intro. And uh, they're like, nothing's on TV. And the mom comes in. It's like, well, turn it on, change the channel. And they change it. And it's like, hey, our favorite TV show, Monsters. And, and the Monsters logo. And it's like the dad is like real scary looking, but it's just like a family. He's got like a tie on and, <laughs> and the kids are on the floor and like the wife has, she's like a cyclops. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it was, a, it was a good show too. I know, I know someone out there is like, yes, that's an awesome show. Like dinosaurs, but with monsters. It was, remember yeah, dinosaurs? But, but all that was, is just the intro. And then it went on to it, it, the, the camera went to the TV and then the episode came on and, and it, it was just like, like Twilight Zone, oh. it was something different all the time. And it wasn't just, a, it wasn't monsters. Very. Okay. I got you. I mean, it was always a weird episode. Okay. Um, yeah, it was crazy. We need to look those up afterwards. Yeah. See if we can find, I'm, I guarantee you they're on YouTube. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well actually monsters, if you're, if you're interested, is on Amazon prime. So if you have Amazon prime video, um, it's still on there like five or six seasons. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it's, it's a crazy show. So yeah, uh, please continue. <laughs> and then I don't know if you're, if you're up for this, but the most intense of all was goosebumps. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Well, the books, uh, of course I, you know, I'm a little too old, but my oldest daughter would read the books, the goosebumps books. Yeah. And I thought they were pretty cool. Uh, along those same lines, there's that, the books, scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh yeah. 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 Um, they're making a movie. No based way. on those books. Now what they're going to do, it's not going to be a bunch of shorts. It's going to be, they're going to pull in a bunch of characters and make one movie. And it's, uh, del Toro. Who's that guy? Um, Benicio del Toro. No, uh, maybe, I don't know, but he's like a really good director. He's directed a couple pretty cool movies. I can't think of what they are right now. And I'm going to pretend the internet doesn't work. Yeah. I don't even know if I said the right name, but I'm too lazy to <laughs> Google that. But anyway, it, it looks to there. It's filming right now cool yeah so oh speaking of i no, i said speaking of it's have a damn thing to do with it <laughs> rest in peace luke perry oh yeah i only say that because he has a quentin tarantino movie coming out this summer yeah that's, that's crazy. done but yeah super weird right he's yeah. obviously dead how old was he 52 yeah man but he was a he was a haggard 52 he looked 62 i don't yeah. know why but i don't know who has a stroke at, at 52 but i mean maybe it's not that uncommon but anyway I don't know. I, it's, yeah. it's supposed to be a really good movie. His last yeah. two raw. It's got like uh, Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt in it as well. Oh yeah. So see, I I thought my daughter was talking about him, and I was like, "How do you know who he is?" And he's in that. Um, oh yeah, Riverdale. Riverdale. I don't yeah. watch Riverdale. I've but, never seen it either. I didn't. Um, I didn't know he did anything since nine hundred two and zero. Yeah, <laughs> but, the, but the, I read. What's so funny is I read that they're bringing that show back. Oh yeah, with yeah. original characters. Yeah, that's so funny that you would read that and then not funny. Ha, oh, no, I'm not saying that. But it's so weird. Yeah, obviously, you know, I don't know. Maybe they'll work that in the storyline somehow. If they do a replacement, I think people would pretty much balk at that, right? I think they should replace him with Johnny Knoxville <laughs> on the show, <laughs> and he like jumps in shopping carts. He's like, "See you later, guys," and he like goes down the shopping cart. Yeah, I gotta go. Walks out. Yeah, he, Beverly he Hills. He like combs his hair back. <laughs> Gotta head down this hill, guys. <laughs> Brandon's like, don't do it. Don't do it, Dylan. 
How much of that did you watch? My sisters, my two sisters love oh, that show. That makes sense. And when you live in a house in the 80s and 90s, well, I guess that's probably in the 90s. I don't know for sure, but I would imagine it's early 90s. Like you only had so many TVs. Right. And, you know, if you had three TVs, you were like rich. <laughs> Um, no kidding. So it came on and, you know, I'm, I'm like a pre-teenage boy and there were hot girls in it. Oh yeah. Shannon Doherty. Like, and, oh, oh yeah. well, dang it. I guess I have to sit here and watch this with you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, I watched, it wasn't a bad show. I mean, it wasn't my cup of tea. I was waiting it for, for it to be over so I could watch monsters. It was but, like, I did. <laughs> that's a callback. Oh, like how many boys watched saved by the bell, but for Yasmin Bleeth, I mean, yeah, not for, you know, you know, speaking of that, I mean, we're, stretching it thin now but have you watched those youtube series uh zach morris's trash or whatever no they basically explain and and the guy whoever made these has really good logic zach morris was a piece of trash (laughs) well there's one episode you know it's not like he learns a lesson on every episode like he does really terrible things and then when he gets cornered all of a sudden he turns into a good guy (laughs) like when he, he asked the disabled girl to prom to get some kind of angle to make Kelly like him or something. or It's some kind of... You just have to watch the series. Right. I've watched two or three of them. And so he's actually like a sociopath. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and they try to make him just kind of a kid, like, you know, like a funny, rough around the edges but kid. He was also magic, because remember when he would just like snap and everybody would freeze and oh, then he yeah. would talk to the camera he'd be like wasn't... What, what Slater doesn't know is <laughs> and then he would snap again <laughs> why is he why is he uh, curly certainly <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, but that show was on uh, a couple of days ago and I was just flipping through and I paused on it but it was unwatchable and I'll tell you why yeah, it's it's not good it's only not good. for screech oh Man. Oh, it was just a screech scene, and I can't even. That Dustin Diamond, I can't even. I it's, maybe maybe he's a great guy now, but the character no, on that show. Not. No, I I know he's got like assault <laughs> charges, and I think he was in a porno. And good yeah. God, anyway, Twilight Zone. Jesus Christ, want we'll to talk about that some more? Let's go. <laughs> so, for those of you who were with us a few minutes ago, when we were actually talking about this subject matter of the episode. Uh, we had gotten to where Rod and family had uh, had gained a lot. He had gained a lot of success writing, and they moved out to California and d- dedicated his talents to television for the for the first time in a full manner. So, but this was the early days of television, and the show sponsors had a lot of power back then. Too much power. Even though by this time Serling was a prominent name in television, sponsors often acted as editors and censors, forcing changes in scripts when they saw something they didn't like or thought was too controversial, or in many cases, something that promoted a rival product. Here's one for example. In Requiem for Heavyweight, Serling had originally had the line, Got a match? But they made him change that because the sponsor was Ronson Lighters. <laughs> so they, we're not going to be talking about a, these matches. Got a Ronson? <laughs> didn't have the same ring they just didn't understand that people don't associate the content with the with the you know this commercials it's like got a match and it shows a guy about to light a cigarette with a ronson lighter and he's like well screw this yeah <laughs> margaret get the box of matches out the kitchen draw you know it was crazy in those days like radio days i used to listen to a couple of old radio shows in in the car on on xm radio um 
So the voice actors would, would be gone and they'd get to a place where there's a break and they'd have like a drum and go, <laughs> and you could tell that was the transition. Yeah. And they would say, lucky strike cigarettes or, you know, live commercials too. Yeah. 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 And, the, and they were responsible for that, which is really funny. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that's really funny. Like now, at least we segue and we go to different people and different things, different yeah. music. The Desi Do Playhouse was brought to you by yeah, Lucky Strike exactly. Cigarettes. But podcasts kind of go back to that in a way where we're we're doing our own commercials. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Not every podcast does, but most do. Yeah. You know, they read it out just like old fashioned radio. So there's something kind of throwback in a way that's kind of cool. Dawn of Mantis is brought to you by Black Lung Cigarettes. <laughs> What could possibly happen? Back to you. Anyway. <laughs> ah, I like to unwind at the end of a hard day with a black lung. Full flavor. <laughs> there was a cigarette ad. It's a paper ad, but um, it said, and I've read it before because uh, when I taught health, we did a whole section on like smoking and things like that. And there was a cigarette ad. And I think I've even talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah. Go where ahead. It says, I know you're say. uh, blow smoke in her face and she'll follow you anywhere. <laughs> Who thought of that, man? And I, I've said, I know it's before secondhand smoke, but, but I, I mean, who thought that was a good idea? I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I mean, there's other, you know, I can see like you have the dog riding in the surfboard with a cigarette in his mouth. I mean, it makes cigarettes seem kind of cool, <laughs> but it's sad that the dog riding, riding a surfboard with a cigarette in his mouth is, is a better idea than the blow smoke in her face. And the blow smoke and in her face. That's a terrible idea. That's like a combination of just ignorance and sexism. It is. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's There's bad. some of those ads where it's like, when I decide to let my little Mary Lou out of the house, my little <laughs> wife, I only trust her car on continental tires. You know, it's, it's like, my God. Yeah. I mean, there is some crazy stuff, you know, some things that happen, some censorship that in some, you know, warriors that go out, that go after people that say things, but we're in a better place overall. Oh, yeah. there's some crazy yeah. stuff on the fringes. People say stuff and then people get way too sensitive about it. But, but we are better off now. I mean, um, in those regards. Well, one last example though. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think I mentioned this too on a previous podcast, but it was like a, it was like a tent or something. I want to say it was a tent, but anyway, the tagline was, uh, instructions so easy. Even a woman can do it. Oh yeah. And it shows a yeah. woman like tangled up in it. Like, I don't know. With all this <laughs> yeah. estrogen, I just don't know. So I was like, Jesus, that Re- was- <laughs> you know, Brian Regan does have a, you know, it's a, it's a bit, but he has a point. There, there is kind of a little um, thing in the media now to where the husband can be look like a made to be like look like a moron. I totally see that, and he's especially it, in commercials. Yeah, yeah. and he I, I forgot how he sells it, but he's basically saying like, uh, you know, feed this to your the man of the house. You know, some kind of healthy granola bar or something. Yeah, and he he goes, is it good for me? <laughs> It tastes good. It's good for me. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I don't know. Well, there's other, I saw a commercial where it was like, when I trust my, or what was it? Something about when I trust my husband to do the laundry and it shows him like, oh yeah, yeah. They're all mixed up. And he's like, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I guess it's tit for tat. They yeah. They can make fun of us now. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, there, there's not some wife that's, you know, keeping their husband. I mean, well, there probably is somewhere, but I mean, overwhelmingly there's not like, women controlling men. So I guess that's why it's okay. Yeah. 
Because there was a time that definitely the other thing happened. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and <laughs> that still happens now. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone knows. Yeah, anyway, like the hood, you know, I, I have a huge problem with this. And luckily, my oldest daughter is not with a dude like this. Um, but I have a huge problem, and I will have a huge problem with this man as a leader. Man as head of the household. He makes the decisions, and he speaks first and things like that. It's like... If it's not 50-50 and you're sharing that responsibility, I will not um, get along with you, especially if you're with one of my daughters. Oh, know? yeah, that's horse shit. Um, to me, and, and I'll kind of close with this so we can go back to Twilight Zone, but to me, that is the ultimate showing that you're weak because you're afraid to share responsibility yeah. with a woman. Um, bravery, to me, is 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 willing to say, Hey, we're in this together. 50, 50. You know, we talk about everything. That's like, I, one of my favorite shows and we have a, the whole anthology of it is I love Lucy. No. Oh, okay. But you have to just watch it tongue in cheek because mm-hmm. it, the whole show is like, well, if Ricky finds out I spent 44 yeah. cents on this hairspray, yeah. he'll kill me. And then yeah. she, he literally in, in a few episodes bends her over his knee and spanks her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm like you, like my, uh, yeah. What? Well, some, some of that's okay because there can be a, a woman that's not good with money and, and it's kind of childish and the guy has to kind of, you know, make up for that, but it can go too far. Right. Same way, you know, in, in my house, you, Jennifer does all the financial, you know, and, and I'm just kind of sitting back and, and, you know, I, I do, I do my part, but in other ways, you know, right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, it can go, it goes too far in, in that show, but that's just the sign of the times and how, and see, and I know, I know Jen and, and you know, my wife, how boring would it be to have this little timid, submissive wife? Oh, no, no. I, I, I've said it before on the podcast, but I, you know, one of the, one of my favorite things about my wife is she does not take any shit. Yeah. You know, she, she, she'll put you in your place if, if she needs to not, she's, and that's not Doesn't like, it make you feel more safe in a way that, that you're not just doing all it all on your own and you're not making every decision. Think yes. To, to be with someone who's got a backbone and they're strong and mm-hmm. you know, she's not timid or submissive. Yeah. And I love that because, yeah, because sure. you can say that someone's not timid and submissive. And we've talked about girls like this before. The ones that are like, I'm not a bitch. I'm the bitch. Well, yeah, when you wear the shirt. That's two completely different people, though. Yeah, you shouldn't shouldn't be proud of that. No, I'm talking about a good, strong woman who, you know, who knows who she is and she knows what she will take and what she won't. Be kind until a situation comes when it's when you can't be kind anymore and you're going to get ran over. That's, that's what we'd all want that balance, you know? Yeah. 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 But I just, man, how boring would it be just to, I mean, I wouldn't even, I'd feel gross Yeah. to to just be like that set up like that in a household where, you know, your wife had to get permission from you for things. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, just the way that it's set up. Yeah. That, that kind of weird old fifties, there probably are men that are like that. I'm sure there are have a relationship like that. And they're probably maybe, it's not because of them. It's because maybe they came from a house to where they were, they learned to be that way. But yeah, like the first thing, first thing I would do is be like, Hey, this, you know, this is, this, it can't be like this. It's not fair to you. Yeah. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to me. I mean, this has got to be more. Well, plus my, she is the most patient, level-headed measured Mm -hmm. person. I know Mm -hmm. 
you know, she's intelligent. Like I, I want to know what she yeah, thinks on exactly. all these, on all these issues. I, she's the first person I want to know from, you know, like, what do you think about this? I so, think a good relationship and no relationships perfect, but I think a good one, everyone has their strengths and, and you're allowed to, you're allowed to, um, you know, play on your strengths and, and each other is trying to minimize the, the other one's weakness yeah. and your own weakness. So it's like a balance thing. It's like, Oh, I'm not good with this. Uh, can you do this? You know? Yeah. It's like, and they're, oh, I'm not good with this. You know, that's it's, a- um, that's what everyone should strive for. I mean, no relationship's perfect, but it seems like to me, everything, everybody should strive for that. We're doing Dr. Phil. That's shit. a true partnership. We're doing Dr. Phil stuff right now. Oh yeah. I, he was just on Drogan's podcast. Oh, was he? Oh, it was, was it fantastic. Good? Hell yeah. It was I, great. I, I like him. I, I, I really do. Too. do. Yeah. Okay. So from Dr. Phil back to, <laughs> we were, I know dude, whatever. At this point, people, whoever listens needs, surely they know by now that this just happens. Exactly. But we were talking about um, examples of sponsors stepping in and changing scripts and things, you know, parts that they didn't like. Yeah. Um, Apart from the scratching out the matches in lieu of the Ronson lighters, um, one script had a reference to the Chrysler building, and that was removed because the show was sponsored by Ford Motor Company. Mm. Uh, Apart from sponsorship squabbles, though, was also their reluctance to touch anything controversial, which was a major frustration to Rod Serling. He had, oh, yeah, that'd be, yeah. Oh, especially for him, because he had always been political. Uh, he wanted to write stories that brought attention to injustices caused by racism, inequality, and bigotry. He had to fight executive uh, in- interference right up to the last minute when A Town Has Turned to Dust aired, and that was a story he had written about racism in a small southwestern town. It was at this time Serling said in an interview, and I quote, I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to have to battle sponsors and agencies. I don't want to have to push for something that I want to have to settle for second best. I don't want to have to compromise all the time, which is in essence what a television writer does if he wants to put on controversial th- uh, themes. So yeah, the one where, where the guy is an American soldier and then he's an Asian soldier. Have you seen oh, that? Yeah, ever? yeah, yeah. But free, forever ago. Yeah. I haven't seen that one forever. I would I would think that would be one he'd have to battle for. There's several that I've seen that I because thought, Because wow. it's, it's going out on a limb and it's trying to show that humans are human, <laughs> even <laughs> if they are on the enemy side. Yeah. Uh, there's propaganda that, and, and we won't go on this tangent because we'll be on there forever, but there's propaganda that would want to dehumanize the opponent uh, in the country against them. Of course, the war wasn't going on then, but I mean, um, yeah, because that's just one way to make people support a war more. It's like, Oh, they're just savages. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, Serling was also, he he had wanted to talk about like women's rights and Mm -hmm. racial equality and stuff. And I don't, I don't think I quoted in here, but he was quoted once as saying, and this is not verbatim, but he kind of discovered it was easier. You could kind of get the same point across instead of the story being maybe a, a black man falling in love with a white woman in the South. It could be a human man falling in love with an alien woman. Oh yeah. You know, Star he, Trek did some of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He could kind of mel, he could kind of veil these social mm-hmm. issues under the guise of these sci-fi stories and still get them out there, you know, but just in a slightly different way. Shatner could kiss a green woman but he better not kiss a black one. Yeah. You know, but wasn't that the first televised 
interracial um, interracial we talked about this once on the i on think the, so i think we have yeah but uh but him and uhura well yeah. that was the first yeah interracial uh kiss scene yeah. on star trek it broke you know, my barriers since we don't get a lot of listeners i was afraid that someone might know that i had a crush on her at one time really when i was a little kid really because I remember, and like I said, the world's a better place now in some regards, and I do know it is like this, because I remember the negative comments about African Americans. I grew up around them too, man. Yeah, and just like the constant jokes, mm-hmm. and just, and I remember thinking, oh, she's so hot, you know, she's like beautiful, but I, I wouldn't tell anyone that. Right, right, yeah. Uh, it's so weird. I went to the... um Sears one time with um, one of my family members and I had a little bit of money because when I was a kid, my parents were pretty good for, they'd let me work and they'd actually pay me pretty decent for it. Um, So I had some money to spend and I wanted a Michael Jordan shirt and my family member said, and I had it and I was like, Oh, so excited about it. Showed them like Duncan. And they said, why would you want to buy a shirt with an N on it? Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. And I remember like, I was so confused. Right. You know, I didn't know how, even how to, I, I I think I ended up still buying it, but I just remember it hit me. I was like, man, what? I don't get it. You know? Yeah. It's weird. That's well, just yeah. one of the times I remember thinking. That. And that's part of like where we grew up. I know. Yeah. Oh man. The jokes like at school. Oh and just, yeah. And yeah. I told jokes. I mean, up until probably, you know, seven or eight years ago, I was still telling jokes that I wouldn't repeat now just because it was normal. Well, and there's part of your brain that tells you, well, you're not really racist because you don't actually dislike black exactly. people. If you bump into a black person, yeah. you're perfectly nice to them. But so you tell yourself that, you know, oh, yeah. I'm not bad. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you are, though. If you're if you're telling jokes like that and stuff, and I have two way if, in the past. But. I think if you're just going overboard with it, I mean, to me, the best comedians, if they're going to go there, they, they don't hold anything back for any race. Oh, yeah. It has to be that way. Yeah. It has to be. Um. Anyway. Um, but to me, I don't listen to that type of comedy. If I was anymore. a comedian, I wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole though. No, <laughs> or, to me, or a to podcaster me, <laughs> to me, you know, like a, you know, a Brian Regan or somebody like that, or a Jerry Seinfeld, they're like so much better. Their, their humor is so much smarter. And there's guys that you like that you could throw in there too. It's just smarter. Sometimes it's kind of childish, but it's just kind of smart and childish at the same. It's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, but it stays away from Lisa Lampanelli comes to mind. She 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 talks about race a lot and <laughs> yeah and other stuff body parts yeah. all the time. Um, <laughs> but if I was her, I, would, I don't know. Maybe she can get away with it for somehow. But yeah, uh, yeah, I guess because that's just her act or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, yep. Back to Twilight Zone. The die the diehard Twilight Zone fans are like, screw these guys. No, I mean it, we kidding. we did it did deal with race and we talked about race for a minute. So Damn right, we were actually kind of on topic with that thing. Hey, yeah, we were. <laughs> so after countless battles with executives and interference from sponsors, Serling decided the only way to be free to create his own content was to create his own show. Yeah, and and back to not back to the race, but there were if I just it just kind of dawned on me there's a lot of episodes that the women was the wom- woman was the lead. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, talked that's about awesome. He, yeah, yeah. Which I think about the the invaders one. Oh the yeah, old woman. Yes, I mean she was a 
a strong old woman, you know? Yeah. Is that the teeny tiny ship? That, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Spoiler alert for a 60 year old show, but I love that one. It's no, it was just, a great there's not one. a lot of dialogue and that, and that seemed like it broke a rule in that. And it seems like it shouldn't be entertaining. Like there's not hardly any dialogue. It right. just shows like random stuff happening, but you know, and it's cheesy, but it's still cool. Yeah. Um, so that means, that means to, to me, that means that it's awesome that, it's well done, well written, well filmed, and all this stuff. Well, this is not a show, but a movie that came out in the '60s. It's actually one of my favorite movies that broke some huge barriers. Um, as far as I know, it was the first to feature a black man as the the as the hero, the center, the savior, the the lead, the hero of the story. Night of the Living Dead. Yes, the original yeah. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And that, I'm sure that's, that, that's a fantastic movie. You know, I watched that, and in that one scene where that little bald shit that is just like crazy the whole time. Yeah. And when he <laughs> when the, he just knocks him out, yeah. you know, I was like, how many people? This was the 60s. Yeah, how many people, true. when they saw the black hero, you know, knock out a white dude? Of course, they've been seeing that happen in boxing rings for years. <laughs> <laughs> So that, yeah, maybe that's what makes maybe it okay. they're used to it, yeah. So. I mean, I think, what, I don't know if it got the criticism that you would expect, um, mainly because that guy played a, you know, it's kind of like the nurse in, um, 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 oh, One Flew Over Their Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, she played that so well. So when the guy was actually, I remember this, and I remember it kind of, it was very, I was a kid when I watched it, and it, and it still kind of, um, it's jarring to the soul that when he was like choking her, I remember thinking, kill her, get her like, get her. really? I honestly wanted her dead. Yeah. And I can and, see that. Yeah. And that shows me that she played that part so well. And this guy was such an annoying little exactly. turd. Exactly. So they, he just, you even know, a KKK member would be like, yeah, punch him. Good God. Take knock him, him out. out. Yeah. He's stupid. He wants to be in the basement. Your bottleneck down there. <laughs> uh, I have a fond memory. I just wanted to get it on, on, on tape because let's we're on, do it let's do we're it. on cassette yeah uh, when i was a kid um i would uh get a sock full of quarters and, and go, beat your neighbors no no, no i wouldn't go ahead. sorry i would ride my bike and it was quite a ways it, it'd take me a good you know sometimes 35 40 minutes to get to the local convenience store that had like street fighter 2 and some other video games oh and stuff yeah like that. so i'd just play all day and my friends would meet me down there and we'd play um but uh there's a little pawn shop uh downtown that um you know, I'd just stop in there and see what kind of random stuff they had. And for like two bucks, I bought a Night of the Living Dead on Night of the Living Dead on VHS. Oh, killer! And I'd never seen it before. And my cousin was was with me for that particular weekend. We took it home, and watched it the night. So I'll never forget that Saturday because that was just like, you know, the Saturday was cool because we met friends, played the video game, got the movie, went home, watched it that night. And that was just like, I'll just never forget that Saturday. How old were you? Oh man, I might have been. 10. Okay, because Night of the Living Dead, uh-huh. I got two words for you. Zombie boobs. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's I full for, frontal. That's right. I full, forgot about I, that. When I was a kid, when I watched that for the that, first time. That also made that night I was awesome. like, zombie and boobs? Oh, yeah. Could it get any better? It's a new genre. <laughs> zombie boobs, baby. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> There's also a, a big guy that was naked, too, though. I don't remember him. Maybe yeah, my maybe my showed, brain just... I think they just showed him from behind. Well, if... Oh. <laughs> Like Dennis Franz on NYPD Blue. <laughs> why? Yeah, why'd they do that? Oh uh, no! If, if there was a female in the scene, I probably just glanced right by. <laughs> yeah, um, it seems like there was. Maybe I'm wrong. It's funny that you remember the female. I remember the guy. 
<laughs> so it's all right. It's uh, oh. what did it all? You're like, yeah, there was those buff guys. There was, I mean, the girl. What did I say? Let's continue. <laughs> he must work out. Yeah. The fun ba- okay, well, I'm not going to start quoting Dumb and Dumber. We'll never yeah. get out of here. Yeah. In 1958, Rod Serling wrote a sci-fi script he called The Time Element and submitted it to CBS with hopes of it being the pilot episode in a series that he would call The Twilight Zone. Awesome. Instead, CBS decided to use the script for an episode of the show of a show produced by Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball called The Westinghouse Desi Lou Playhouse. The episode received a flood of positive response, and after this, CBS said, oh, okay, well, let's go ahead and give this Serling guy his own show. Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, we need to find it. Yeah, we need to find it. What's Um, it called again? It's called The Westinghouse Desilu Playhouse, and that was the Desilu. That was their production company. That, by the way, was the production company that aired Star Trek. Everybody else in Hollywood told him no to that sci-fi show. Yeah, I remember. And it was Lucille Ball that said yes. Desilu was was a Star Trek. And yeah, what, so what's the episode called? The episode name is The Time Element, and it was the, the Westinghouse Desi Lou Playhouse. I'm going to have to, man. And it was, the, it was the positive response uh, from this that actually let them go ahead and, and give Serling the green light on the Twilight Zone. It's on YouTube. No way. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. 50, it's an hour long. Okay, so we're going to, Ivan and I are going to sit here and watch it for an hour, and you're going to listen to us breathe. No, we'll I'm just back. kidding. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go season by season. Okay, let's do it. The first season, the pilot episode of The Twilight Zone, titled Where Is Everybody? I love that one. Me too. I just watched it the other day. Yep. It aired on October 2nd, 1959 on CBS. It received instant critical success. Mm-hmm. Chicago, Chicago Daily News critic Terry Turner said, and I quote, The Twilight Zone is about the only show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it like a 50s report. Do it. Do it. The Twilight Zone is about the only show on the air that I look forward to seeing. It's the one series that I will let interfere with other plans. That was good. It also received accolades from the New York Herald Tribune and Daily Variety, among others. But as the first season continued, it became apparent that although critics loved it, the Twilight Zone was struggling to find its audience. At one point, ratings were so low that the continuation of the series was in jeopardy. But after a brief hiatus, ratings finally reached an acceptable level by sponsors. Yeah, you. um, Yeah, I could see that. Just, you know kind of word of mouth would kind of get around and then eventually it would take off. Yeah. And this is the, fi- I don't think anything even remotely close. I would to want to know what before. the lead in was. Um, I did some reading about some television and I never thought about how big a lead in was. If, if your lead in show was bad, you were almost destined to fail. Really? Yeah. It was pretty crazy, especially at like late night shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Lead ins can kill you, especially in those days. Now we're, we're, you know, we find the content we want now, but before, you know, you had three or four TV shows, the lead in comes on, they turn it off and go listen to the radio or do something else, read yeah. a book or something. So yeah, it's, it can be bad for you. It's a good thing that the pilot episode was so good. The where is everybody? Oh yeah. And the lead in and everything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's no wonder. Yeah. Uh, that was a great episode, man. By the end of season one, the show had found an audience and many episodes from this season would go on to become some of its most celebrated among them are time enough to last. That's when we were talking mm-hmm. about with Burgess Meredith. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Denton on doomsday. Yeah. I remember that one. Okay. Yeah. I just watched that one the other day too. Walking distance. That's what really- was Denton on the, uh, no, that's a different one. Go keep Mr. Going. Denton on doomsday. I believe wasn't that the one where the guy, uh, wouldn't age like he, no, was that it? 
Yeah, I don't know for sure. Oh, I, I, I sound like a total jackass. I've watched that one, but I haven't seen it. I mean, I can't think of what it is. I've watched that one, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I've watched that one, but I can't place is it. Is that the one where the guy is working for some government thing and he hears that uh, the time, you know, like there's going to be a nuclear blast or something and he goes home and he tries to get his family to leave with him to go to the desert? Like, remember, remember, remember like the girl? No, had- Denton on Doomsday, Doomsday is the, the one with the, the gunfighter. And he oh. takes the magic elixir from and that. All, all of a sudden he can like shoot really good. You know, what was great was the end of that where that other gunslinger shows up and yeah. they both have the same elixir. Yeah. Yeah. And they shoot each, I don't know. Oh, there's yeah. no spoilers. Yeah. So they shoot each other in the hand yeah. where neither can gunfight anymore. Yeah. That was what it was. Yeah. See, I just, I know most of the episodes, but I suck at the mm-hmm. titles. Yeah. So, but once you start explaining them, I, I remember, remember the guy made him sing. He like, you know, how dry, you know, made him sing for a drink. Yeah. And they're like, stop it. Yeah. 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 That was a great man. So another one from the first season, do you remember walking distance? Maybe if you start talking about it. Okay. The very beginning, it shows a guy is driving and he pulls over to get an oil change and it's like, Oh, is that town? It's like a mile and a half. He walks there and it was where he grew up, Uh but the town is just like it was when he was a boy. Yeah. And he even finds himself as a boy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's a and really they, good one. Does he like go up to his dad or whatever? And he's yeah, like, it's me, Martin. Yeah. It's me. Yeah. And yeah. They don't, yeah. That that one's a good one. That, that's one of my favorites. It kind of reminds me of uh, Quantum Leap when he actually leaps back to his when he was a kid. Yeah. 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 Well, who, who was that? And, Scott Bakula? Yeah. Yeah. And his brother's going off to the war and he knows that his brother's going to die. So, there so are, he tries to cause a big stink so his brother doesn't go, but... Everyone's like, you're just being crazy. Yeah. You know? And the more the more Twilight Zone episodes that you watch, the more you're like, oh, so-and-so did that. Yeah. Like, so many other things got their ideas from One that. One thing I remember, I, I remember actually crying in this episode, and it kind of got me to be kind of a John Lennon fan, you know, back in the, uh, I guess it was like mid to late 90s, was um, he was telling everybody that his brother was going to go off to war and die. And no one believed him, but he had a little sister. And so he got the guitar and, and, uh, you know, he's just still trying this thing. Like I'm from the future and, and no one believes him. And, uh, so he's playing the guitar and she said, what are you playing? He said, well, I'm playing a song by, you know, I don't know if he said John Lennon, but he said one of my favorite songs. And, and she said, oh, when does it come out? And he said, well, not for, you know, 10 years or something. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, he plays Imagine on the guitar oh, wow. and he sings it and it's, it's really well done. And his sister starts crying and, and you think she's crying because it's so beautiful because it's a very well done song. And then so his little sister realizes that it's true because the song is so good. She realizes that his story is all true and her brother's going to die. Oh, wow. It's a really cool. It's a really well put together little scene. That's cool, man. Yeah. And I remember I was like, you know, <laughs> it's all that got me right in the field. Yeah, it did. It, it's a great episode. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought I thought I'd mention that. that but I'm awesome. sure I'm sure uh, I bet you could um, talk to. Oh, well, I wish I could remember his name. The Quantum Leap. Um, Scott Bakula. No, the writer. Oh, the uh, writer. Belisaro or whatever. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Any, that there's always on the the credits. But I bet anyone on that show would. I bet a lot of them would say Twilight Zone was a. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd put a lot of money on that. So other other uh, notable episodes from season one. Uh, the th- uh the third from the sun yeah is that is, is that, that where they crash land yeah i the, think so i think so is that the one where they crash land 
and and it's got the Corey guy or or whatever, and they think that they're on some other planet. And the one guy's like a real asshole, and he ends up killing the other two because he's trying to get their water. Mm-hmm. But then he makes it over the mountain, and he sees they're like right outside Reno or something. Yeah, is that? that yeah, one? I think that. I think that's what that. This one. whole podcast is me and Ivan going. Is it that one? <laughs> yeah, it might be. But that is even if if that's not third from the sun, that's a good episode too. Yeah, another yeah. one from season one. Long live Walter Jameson. That was the one that I got confused with, Mister Denton on Doomsday. That's oh, the yeah, one yeah, where, yeah. where the guy's like two thousand years old. And he uh, he finally ends up dying like at the very end. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Let's get let's get back to task. Uh, Third from the sun might be like the one about. Is it the one about the giant at the end? The giant robot? No, that's a different one. No, the one I'm thinking of is where the three crash land. They think on like Mars or somewhere. Yeah, you're probably right. But it's actually Earth. Yeah. Because at the end he's like, we never left the Earth, and then he realizes he killed his whole crew, which is a uh, a total. it was before, I guess, unless it was a novel, uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a, I don't know if that came out before. I don't know either. It seems like that was a 70s movie. I know it was in color. Yeah, the, the movie one. was 70s. But maybe the book was older. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're I, I would, Google. you know, that, that, that was probably a coincidence that that would, uh, you know, that that would have that common theme. I would, th- I don't, I wouldn't think that Serling would steal from it. Yeah. And some people get plagiarism mixed up with just common themes. It's just cause two people think of something. That's right. I mean, yeah. they could be totally unrelated. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Uh, by the way, Serling wrote every episode in season one, except for the chaser, which was based on a short story by John Collier. Yeah. Some of them were like that. And, and I remember those being good episodes with they're based on a short story. Yeah. Yeah, there were several. I guess is that the one? Because when I was reading writing credits, it would say like, "Who was it?" Richard Matheson, mm-hmm. Charles Beaumont, Rod Serling, and then sometimes it would say "Teleplay" by, mm-hmm. and it would say like "Original Short Story" by whoever, but they would just adapt it for television. Yeah. So a lot of them, yeah, a lot of those were really good. Yeah. Um, Rod Serling would continue to write most of the episodes, and he drew a lot of inspiration from his past experiences. Now, this right here is what I can't wait to talk about. This is just scratching the surface on Rod Serling. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we could do a whole episode, but um, he was in the military and he'd fought in World War II and he was awarded the Purple Heart, the Bronze Star and the Philippine Liberation Medal. He was basically a badass who had plunged headfirst into combat in World War II many times. He even risked his life after the war to earn extra money. Now, listen to this crap, because this is crazy. Uh, While in college, Serling worked as a parachute tester. Getting 50 bucks for every successful jump. Wow. More hazardous <laughs> tests paid $500. So like an experimental parachute? Yes. Or something? More <laughs> hazardous tests paid $500. You would get half before and half after if you survived. I'm so mad that he, they risk an incredibly talented guy for that. Do you know how close we came to not having the Twilight Zone? Uh, like a every, thousand times? What would all be different? I oh. mean... <sighs> The whole culture would be different. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. Seriously, like Especially as far as sci-fi. Yes. Yeah. And I love sci-fi. But that's not even the most. Of it. Okay. The most hazardous test that he did, he did once, as far as I know, it paid him $1,000 and it was for testing a jet ejection seat that had killed the previous three test pilots. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll do it for 150 bucks. <laughs> no, it was a thousand. But still, yeah, still, if someone told you, okay, do this thing that killed the three people before you, I'd be like, no, thanks. Yeah. But it would have had to have tested like 25 dummies after that. And then I might consider it, but I wouldn't. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's crazy. Man. Yeah, I just wanted to throw those facts in there to let people know. I had no idea. You know, Rod Serling was pretty much a badass in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he already was to me, but I didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. So, second season. Uh, the second season of The Twilight Zone premiered on September 30th, 1960. The surreal images in the opening of the show had changed slightly and now featured Rod Serling stepping in front of the camera to deliver his trademark opening monologue instead of it just being audio. Yeah, which is awesome. Oh, it was Sometimes awesome. he was smoking. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that later, too. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, CBS was taken over by a new network executive named Jim Aubrey, and this would prove very problematic for the show. Aubrey was a tightwad and was particularly hard on Twilight Zone because it was one of the more costly shows to produce. To save yeah, money, you had a new, you had to get new actors every every time. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, every episode, a whole new cast, a whole yeah. new uh, like set, a whole I, new. I wonder if there is ever an argument, and you might have found it in your research, where they're like. Let's just change this to where it's the same people every every week. I never saw that. Yeah, but I I would imagine some exec would say this is dumb. Why are we having different people every every time? Yeah, We'd because save money by having somebody sign a contract and yeah. then we could jip them on it. You know, <laughs> you've got to do fifty episodes for this much. You know, technically Saturday Night Live had one crew that would just do different stories every episode. Well, yeah, sort of. I different. mean, it was sketch comedy, but still, yeah. It yeah, was one crew that did different things, you know? Yeah. That's kind of, yeah, I never thought about that. But I don't know if it would have been as cool for just one crew of actors to do all the different stories. But, hey, you know what just came to mind? What? Um, oh, my God. Uh, it's a series that's out right now. I can't believe I'm spacing on the name. But every season is a completely different setting, and it ha- but it has all the same actors. Really? Yes. The f- American Horror Story. Oh, really? I didn't yes, know that. Yes, my, my oldest daughter likes that show. Oh, it's fantastic. Like, oh, really? Yeah, but it has basically the, the same cast, but every season, like, there's different asylum, names or whatever. Yeah, completely different characters, different names, different setting, different time period. Do they do that just to just because it's kind of cool? I go, I don't I have no idea, man. Huh. But it's just, huh. it's interesting, interesting, and it works. It works. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't have worked then, I wouldn't think. Probably not. Well, not as well as Twilight Zone. I'm, that's just a guess. But, yeah. So yeah, Aubrey was a tight zone, a tight, what tight zone? <laughs> He's the tight zone. <laughs> that sounds like a workout craze. Welcome to the tight like, zone. Well, or like some kind of thing you buy for two easy payments of twenty nine ninety nine. It's like, get the tight zone today. But wait, order now and get this free complimentary pair of ankle warmers. Yeah. Uh, whatever. And then you're doing some kind of exercise with it. <laughs> to save money, he cut seven episodes from the second season and squeezed the budget on the remaining episodes. Several of the remaining episodes were filmed in a much cheaper way. And I didn't really understand this because I didn't know what, what they did otherwise. But the cheaper way at this time was the videotape format. At this time, videotape was a cheaper medium. And filming in this manner severely restricted camera movements and made editing basically impossible. It was... Golly. Yeah, so it was pretty much set up like the standard of the 50s. That's one studio soundstage with four cameras. Mm. Hardly, there's no editing, hardly any movement. All of the corner cutting obviously frustrated Serling to no end. But despite all the restrictions, season two produced some of the show's most memorable episodes, such as my personal favorite, The Eye of the Beholder. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, the Invaders. Yeah, I love that one. Nick of Time, mm-hmm. The Man in the Bottle, and Will the Real Martian Please Stand Up. Yep, that so they, is my favorite episode. Will the Real Martian Please yeah. Stand Up? Oh, cool. I love that one. So both our favorite episodes came from the same season. Yeah, and, and when you said that, it's like, hey, that's right. I mean, it's just a couple cameras. 
just yeah. with the in it's all in the same place. Yep. Um, that just probably shows more of his brilliance to make it work. Yeah, there was one episode. Do you remember which one it was where the entire episode is in one room? This guy wakes up in a room and he's not sure where he is or how he got there. And it's like I think he ends up being on a spaceship or something. Uh that sounds familiar, but maybe I don't know. But I the can't place it. It's a hundred percent dialogue. Well I mean, the the Mickey Rooney one where he's a, a jockey, right? Oh. That's all in one room. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And also, which one is to be bigger, right? Yes. Yeah. What what about the one with Jonathan Winters where he pool player one? Yeah. I think they're in the pool hall the entire episode. Yeah. So we bring that up and I'll talk about some blog stuff. Well, here's where you can go to sleep. But anyway, (laughs) uh, you know, Jordan Peele's making the new Twilight Zone and, you know, and you have to have CBS all access. I don't know that I'll get it. I mean, maybe later if it. I, I, I want to find an episode or two somewhere, just like rent an episode and see, see yeah. what I think. Yeah. Um, but there are people and, and I have my suspicions why, but I don't want to say that there are people on these twilight zone forums that are so angry that he would do that. Now forgetting the fact that, you know, he's done some really cool stuff. Um, not, I'm not talking about key and pill. That's a funny show. But, you know, the the movie Get Out. I still haven't seen that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Really? But he's a talented guy. Um, but um, he cast um, um, Seth Rogen in an episode. Really? Yeah, and people are like, and, and I could see if someone's like, I don't know about that. But there are people that are like so mad, like, I can't stand him. Why would you cast a comedic actor in the Twilight Zone? And I was about to put it. That's I, happened before. That's what they did in there. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was about to put it. I was like, oh, I'm on this. I'm right. Get, I'm getting you. But then I scrolled down and someone else is like, what about Jonathan Winters? Yes. One of the most, one of the, the you know, top rated comedic actors of all time. Um, super funny. If you've ever got on YouTube and just clicked around, um, there's some stuff he did uh, with Carson the, where they're just kind of going back and forth. There's some little sketch comedy he's did with some other people or he has done. Um, but, uh, he's fantastic. I mean, I, I, I know about him. I know you do, but I don't know if he's underrated. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know, but, uh, yeah, I was about to jump all over and, and Seth Rogen's no Jonathan Winters, but I was about to say, well, he's a comedic it, actor. Yeah, that's That's right. And, and the main thing is that I put all the time on these blogs and I, maybe I shouldn't be on there, but some of the stuff is real cool. Like, some of the stuff cool that people say, you know, they're, they're real nice about it. Cause they're huge Twilight Zone fans, but I'm thinking why not watch an episode or two before we just t- bury this. And people are mad that, that he's even remaking it. Like why touch it? Why mess with it? It's like, you're not, you're not a true fan. If it's going to devalue it. Yeah. It doesn't take away anything from the original. Yeah. To me, it's like, I, I want to be positive about it and say that it's the ultimate form of flattery. I did mean, they not bring back the Twilight Zone like in the 80s or 90s or something? They or did, and there was a Twilight Zone movie, which I thought was really good. I didn't see that. I but. have it. I'll let you borrow it. It's, it's, it starts out with Dan Aykroyd, and it's like four or five shorts. Okay. Um, um, anyway, so I don't know. I don't think it takes anything away from well, it. Well, check this out. Other comedic actors in the original Twilight Zone. Yeah. Dick York. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a comedian, but he's a comedic actor. Yeah. Um. What was the guy's name from uh, Beverly Hillbillies? Buddy Epson? Yeah, Epson. Yeah. He was on there. That was yeah. one of my favorite where yeah. he's the psychic. Yeah. And he can, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there was, what, that's not uncommon for that it's, to happen. It's just for some reason, in air quotes, some reason, they're just against it no matter what. 
without giving it a shot. Um, I don't know. Maybe it is bad, but I'm not going to say that till I watch it. Yeah, don't listen to other people. Decide for yourself. I mean, we would have never eaten broccoli (laughs) by that logic. I mean, you you turned into like a five-year-old kid that won't eat broccoli by, by having that logic. Yeah. You know? Not like, I don't it. like it. Look, it looks nasty. <laughs> like, have you tried it? No, but I know I won't like it. Yeah. It's like, golly. Okay, five-year-old <laughs> fanboy. Anyway. Oh, so so we're up to season three now. So by season three, Serling had been sticking to a grueling schedule for years, and he was pre- becoming pretty exhausted. He started giving more and more writing credits, or duties, that is, to fellow writers. We talked about him earlier, Charles Beaumont and Richard Matheson. And uh, one episode from this season, I Sing the Body Electric, was contributed by future Star Trek creator Ray Bradbury. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either until I read this. Oh, wait. Ray Ray Bradbury? Yeah. You mean, uh, um, not Bradbury. Um, oh, dude, I messed up. Uh, uh, Gene Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry. Who was Ray Bradbury? Well, he, he did some... Uh, he was like a sci-fi TV show guy. He wrote a book too. Ray yeah, Bradbury. he did too. What book? Uh, I can't think. Wasn't of there like a notable book? Yeah, but I can't. Dude, think I got I got Ray Bradbury and Gene Roddenberry. Confused. No, no, no. It, it it was it's it's not. They're not so different. Oh, after, they're not so different after all. We're not so different, you and I. Uh, he wrote Fahrenheit 451. It wasn't what I was thinking. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of something Gene Roddenberry wrote. <laughs> Oh, man, he wrote All Summer in a Day. It's a fantastic short story. Really? You've got to read it. And look, look, people, we're not editing that out. I mean, I could edit that out and pretend like I wasn't a jackass. But uh, we're leaving the, it in. In this, in this short story, it's about um, these kids on another planet somewhere far away. I don't think it's in our solar system. But um, it only run, rains one day a year. Or No, no not only. The sun only shines one day a year. It's oh, like wow. raining all the time. And then they, he builds a little short story around it. It's really cool. It's really well done. And this was the... Ray Bradbury. Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Not to be confused with Gene Roddenberry. No, I, no, I, I would only just call you out on that. And that sounds like something I would do. Dude, I'm so glad you caught that. Or else... Well, it's just uh, I would only call you out on that because you don't want to make mer- uh, merds. You don't want to make nerds mad. No, um, God, no. They're fierce little guys, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. When you mess and, up on and, something? And I am one. So you're lucky I didn't be like, no. <laughs> you like throw something at me. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Let me push up my glasses. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> season three would give us such masterpieces as, and this may be the most famous Twilight episode of all. Twilight. To, to serve man. Oh, yeah. That came from season three. Um, little Girl Lost. It's a Good Life. Five characters in search of an exit, and one of Ivan's favorites, the dummy. Yeah, I like that one, and I like the the characters in the trash can thing. Yeah, uh, that's five characters well, in search of an exit. It was yeah. like a ballet dancer, and that was a really good one. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's a good life, isn't I, it? I still remember the day that you either called or texted. That's how well I remember it. This is how well I remember it because I can't remember if it's a call or a text. But you had <laughs> just watched to serve man. And you told me, you were telling me that it was a really cool ending. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, that is a cool ending. Yeah. It's yeah. a cookbook. Get <laughs> off the plane. Yeah. But um, It's a Good Life, I think, is the one where they're in that little village. And the the little boy, Anthony, like no one can have negative thoughts. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, oh, it's good that you dropped that, Anthony. It's real good. Real yeah. fine. Just yeah. fine. He's like, that was well done too. Anyone that makes him upset, he sends to the field. Yeah. Like they just disappear. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. Another one I really like is the kick the can episode. 
No, I don't. Uh, I don't remember that. It's all the people in the old folks' home, and one guy. He's kind of like a real like positive, and and they watch kids outside like playing, and one of them's like, and the and the positive guy's like, you know, we should go out there and kick the can like in the old days. And there's this always there's this gruff old man. It's like you'll get out there and break a hip out there, you know? <laughs> and it's this whole like back and forth about that. Cause that's there's this cool. other old lady that's in a wheelchair and she's like, I would like that very much. <laughs> you know, I bet between the both of us, we've seen all of them. Oh, probably. But I'm, I'm kind probably. of concerned at how many episodes that aren't ringing a bell now. I'm like, well, I need to but do- the problem is, is we can talk about stuff and I'm like, man, I can't think of what I can't think of that episode. But it seems like when I sat down, I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch some Twilight Zone play. Seeing it, you know. True. No, I'm not like negative seeing it, but I'm like, oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe I have seen most of them, if not all, and I just can't think about it until I actually watch the episode. You know, there's only one episode that I can say I didn't care for. Okay. I don't know who wrote it. I don't know the name of the episode, but see if you remember this one. Okay. The guy, it's about a guy who's obsessed with loud noises. He plays that record. It's like band music. He blasts it. He loves loud sounds. And like most of the episode is like his neighbors and stuff coming in and like everybody's sick of it. And you don't, you don't, you don't remember that one? I guess I didn't see that one. Okay. I'll have to, I'll, I'll, I'll find the name of it or something. But that was the one where I was like, eh. That's literally the only one out of all the ones that I've seen that I just, you know, it's like Chili Peppers songs out of like 400. (laughs) There might be like three. I don't care for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which, which is a real testament for, to the, to the art of it, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember the one with the old lady that's like all locked away and she's afraid of everyone and won't answer the door and that seems familiar and you know. We might have to roll this back and actually go to the beginning and be like, warning, spoilers, you know, <laughs> seriously, yeah. because there might be somebody's like, oh, I was thinking about getting into that. That's true. Zone. Yeah, that's true. We, we should probably do that. Okay. But uh, so we're going to do that and you'll be like, hey, they said they were doing that and I heard it. Yeah. Unless we forget. <laughs> but way, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm writing it down. Turns out she it. knew. It turns out she knew that it was like the Grim Reaper, basically like death. She was like avoiding death, like oh, trying to cheat death. Yeah. Okay. And so she let this guy in that was like, help me lady, help me. You know, he's like crying to get in. And so she let, let him in. And so there, so the whole time you're like, is he, is he death or is he not? Yeah. You know, it's a really cool, I won't even spoil that one for you, but uh, it's really cool. I, I, it's got a really cool feel to it. Well, that reminds me of one. Did you see the one is, this is a really good one. So people just listen to these and try to look them up or something. Okay. But the guy, uh, he makes a pitch like he's a roadside. He has yeah, a little. Yeah, that's a good one. I want to make the perfect pitch. I and love that. That, that guy shows up and he's like, now's your time. It's your time. Midnight, right? And so they make that deal where he won't take him and let, until the guy gets to make uh-huh. a huge pitch. Yeah. Anyway, I won't go into any more in depth into that. That's one that ends just like you think it's going to end. Oh, but I would it, love but it. But it's cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, some of them are really dark and some of them like that. It's kind of like dark behind the scenes, but it's like pretty chipper the whole time. I don't know. The way Serling did it was, was crafty. Yeah. I think he wanted to get at some more, some more dark and just think this was the, the, the early sixties. Yeah. I'm sure the landscape, I'm sure it was hard to get anything like that through. Yeah. I'm sure it was. Yeah. So what he did was, I mean, I don't know how he did it, but 
yeah. kudos to him. Yeah. Good stuff. So season four premiered on January 3rd, 1963. It was late in finding a sponsor. And for this reason, the show was briefly re- replaced by an hour long comedy called Fair Exchange, which just sounds like dog shit to me. I didn't know that. Tune in Thursdays for Fair Exchange. Like, <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> when Twilight Zone, now without the the, so just Twilight Zone, came back mid-season. See, I didn't know that either. I didn't either. Wow. I, learned, I learned a lot on this. Yeah. It had to be reformatted to fill the hour-long slot left by Fair Exchange, like we talked about earlier. Now it had to be extended to an hour. This was a major disappointment to Serling and the other creators who viewed the 30-minute format as perfect for the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, they feared that stretching it into an hour would exhaust storylines and make it feel more like a soap opera. Nevertheless, season four would bring us memorable episodes like On Thursday We Leave for Home, Parallel, Valley of the Shadow, and Printer's Devil. Yeah, see, I don't remember a lot of those. I've probably seen them because there was a time I watched season four for a while. Yeah. You know, if you, uh, just, I'm not plugging anything, but Netflix only has, um, has all of them but four but four right but hulu had all of them at one time oh really had even season because i noticed that i was like where's season four on netflix and it was something about the format but it's also something about licensing like somehow cbs isn't the sole uh holder of that license really so they had to do some kind of weird finagling anyway Hey, Joe, let's take a quick heater break. It is really cold. So we're going to warm up and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. We don't have to be this transparent, but we're going to be. You guys, y'all, yuns, everybody out there. We did a few clipping clips. We 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 normally don't, but we did tonight. We did. And also we took a break to turn the damn heater back on. (laughs) It's look. Cellar Top Studios is a is a fine structure, you know. She's a she's built like a brass ship. She is or whatever the hell that is. I don't know. Anyway, she's built like an iron lung. She, she is. is. Why are we pirates all of a sudden? <laughs> you we know, should have broke a bottle of champagne on it whenever we first built it, or just smash a can of Bud Light on it. I People don't know. are picturing like some shanty right now. No, it's not bad, it's, right? Yeah, I mean, it's. I it's mean, a, we got pictures on on the uh, website. Yeah, it's a perfectly respectable recording it space, is, but it's not central heating heating air. No, so it relies on this heater, which is adequate, but kind of loud. Yeah, so we loud. we have to turn this. So what we do is we heat this baby up as much as we can and then shut it off to podcast. And after an hour and a half, it's freaking cold. It's like yeah. 48 in here. It's cold. Yeah, it's cold. So we, we stopped to, to heat up a little bit, but we turned it back off because quality matters. But back from our break, here's what we're going to do now. We've got <laughs> some notes left, but we have our Twilight Zone Mad Lib ready for I forgot about Joey this. to read in his best Twilight Zone <clears throat> um, voice. Like Rod Serling? Yeah, sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. So here it is. You'll, re- you'll recognize the episode, but here it is. Do you want me to come over there? Yeah. Come over here and read it. Very professional. Okay. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Respectfully submitted for your oak tree. A canament. Height a little over nine feet. Weight in the stapler of 350 pounds. Origin unknown. Motives? Therein hangs the tale. For in just a moment, we're going to ask you to shake... (laughs) We're going to ask you to shake inner thigh, figuratively, with a Chris Farley from another Tombstone, Arizona, and another time. 
This is the Twilight Zone, and this was another damn Dawn of Mantis ad lib. <laughs> there we go. There we go. We did Beautiful. that earlier. We prepared that earlier for you. So, sure. uh, for us, not for you. That it's That's us. totally for us. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? This whole podcast is for us. That's right. That's right. So we talked about season four. My f- my favorite episode of season four was the mannequin one. Not mannequin, the wax figure one. Um, in fact, being on the message boards, there's quite a few people that, that said their favorite season four episode was that one. So Where's which one? Uh, the one, I forgot what it's called, but the wax figure one we were talking about earlier. Oh, where, yeah. Like Jack the Ripper and all okay. that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll find the episode name for that one. I can't think of the episode. Also, name. a very overlooked and underrated uh, season four episode was Bruised Taint. <laughs> so. <laughs> You said bruised, and and I was like, I was using all my mental faculty to like think if I'd seen it, and then I hear the word taint. So I'm like, let's. Get I just like to throw you a curveball every once in a while. Did you hit pause? No. Okay, good pause. deal. I thought you hit something. I thought you hit pause. <laughs> Anyway, Where did you even come up with that? <laughs> I was like, hmm, I don't remember. Oh. Wait a second. The new exhibits, the name of that episode. Oh, okay. The new exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. In a strange area between the naughty bits and the no no zone lies the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I can't believe you did this. That's awesome, though. This is pure podcast gold. That's right. Right here. Hey, I was thinking earlier, (laughs) what about this for a podcast episode? And we could take all this out if we don't want to mention it on the podcast. (sighs) Okay. What if we do an old, like, 50s-style, like, radio show? Maybe we get some people in here with us and just set the mics up and we have, like, our scripts. And then we do little commercials brought to you by... Desitin diaper ointment, ointment. You know. Up next, we have Teddy Pendergraf, who's going to chew on four saltine crackers and try to whistle the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> Just like a throwback. Do, don't do the intro. Don't do anything. Have every bit of it be old, old time radio. That sounds fun. Theater. That Just was kind of the ins- one. Yeah, I know. The yeah. inspiration for our opening ever since. The yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. So just off the rails. And the next episode, we'll refer to it like, hey, what you heard last was just kind of our, you know, we just wanted to do just something crazy. <laughs> Hashtag Bruce Tate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have hashtags in the pictures? <laughs> anyway. Shall we continue? We shall. Like that never we happened? We should. <laughs> Yeah. We're almost done, people. Bear okay. with us. Yeah. Let's go. The final season of Twilight Zone premiered on September 27th, 1963. Rod Serling is spinning in his grave right now. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. It kept the same intro as the previous season, but went back to its original half hour format. A move that surely made Serling and company happy. However, by this time, uh, Serling was not taking such an active role, writing 12 of the season's 36 episodes and four teleplays. This trend had started the previous season, 
with Serling only writing a small amount of episodes and being absent from production much of the time. Still, the final season gave us great episodes such as <laughs> the, oh, I got one word for you, Shatner. Oh, yeah. Nightmare 20, at 20,000 feet. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Living Doll and a kind of stopwatch and 90 years without slumbering. There are people that are <clears throat> on the on the boards. The Living Doll is a is a pretty favorited episode. That might be my second favorite. It's it's creepy. Telly Savalas? Yeah. Talk, Talky Tina. Yeah. 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 My name's Talkie Tina, and I don't like you. I don't like you very much. That was a creepy one, man. Yeah. When he puts her head in the vice. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's a great one. I yeah. can see why it's on the, the boards. Yeah. <clears throat> As they say. <laughs> let's, let's, let's hurry. It was because I've been saying that so much. It's stupid, but. On the boards. It's on the boards. <laughs> In January uh, uh, of 1964, it was announced that Twilight Zone would be canceled. Uh, oh, that just took the air out of the room. It ran its course, I would think. I guess so. It couldn't go on forever. No, no. And especially without Serling around, you know, yeah, as much. Yeah, I know. It's going to work. <clears throat> but here's the deal. Network executive Jim Aubrey claimed the show was just too expensive and was not getting good enough ratings. After this announcement, Serling retaliated by telling Daily Variety that he was the one that had done away, and he had he said, "Actually, I canceled the network," is what he said. Pretty funny. Mm, the yeah. folks over at ABC immediately offered to bring the show to their network under the new title, "Witches, Warlocks, and Werewolves." With that, yeah, well, but that's Sir- awesome. <laughs> Must have been a TV exec all that. <laughs> hey, I've got an idea. Let's call it that. Yeah, Serling was not impressed. Yeah, he was like, no. Um, this is just three random things. Yeah. I mean, they're witches, warlocks, and werewolves. They're kind of all, I mean, they're in the same genre. Well, I guess, Uh, but to me, witch, a witch and a werewolf are like two different, um, universes of, you know, film or whatever. Well, you know what? Werewolves and vampires were too, but that didn't stop Twilight, did it? That didn't stop Twilight from making. Actually, there was a werewolf versus Dracula. I mean, they were kind of in the same. Oh, and also Underworld. Yeah. The where yeah, the lichens and the werewolves and yeah. the vampires. But witches weren't in there. <clears throat> that was kind of a different thing. That's true. Anyway. So you're saying Serling should have took them up on their offer? No. That's a <laughs> terrible title. It's so stupid. <laughs> uh Rod Serling ended up selling his <laughs> coming from Dawn of Mantis. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we're so pretentious. Random name, random podcast. Yeah. So kiss. But it's my no ass. witches and warlocks and <clears throat> Whatever. Hey, what was that? The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Yeah, that's actually good. But the did the content make the name? You know, sure. Foo Fighters isn't a fantastic name without a fantastic band. Sure. You know, I don't think. No. I mean, when I first heard it, I was like, Foo Fighters. But that's some of the, that's a good band name. Yeah, it and, is because I think just because it's a good band. You know where it came from? The name? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe I don't. Well, Maybe it's it's from the like it's I think it's fifties vernacular for these planes that would chase UFOs. Okay, see, I, I was gonna say something like that, but I didn't know for sure. But yeah. I definitely didn't know. All it all goes back to UFOs. Cool. Um, Rod Serling ended up selling his forty percent of the uh, of his share of the Twilight Zone to CBS. However, he did wade back into a similar medium when he created Night Gallery five years later. Is what yeah. we were talking about. Yeah, I've watched some of those. I have too, but I don't remember shit about them. Yeah. It's been too long. Yeah. <clears throat> this show uh, would also be successful, and uh, as it seemed, most of his ventures were. However, 
Just a few years later, Serling, and this is where we get somber, who had for years been a four pack of day, uh, four pack per day, sorry, smoker, uh, would die two days after complications from open heart surgery, leaving this realm for the fifth dimension in June, uh, on June 28th. Yeah. Why was that so, so hard to get through my brain? Could have been anywhere from the fourth to the 11th. But Are anyway, there that many? Yeah, mathematically. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. It's, okay, wait, wait. He died June 28th, 1975 at the age of 50. Now tell me about all these dimensions. No, no, no. That's another podcast. That, so he's like, there is a fifth dimension and sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh. That yeah. should have been the beginning of the Twilight Zone and the monologue. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, mathematically, uh, we'll, we'll save it for another podcast, but there's up to 11. Um, it all works out. Wow. In, in numbers. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, so you, you kind of did final thoughts already on this thing. Obviously, this shaped um, television <clears throat> from then on. It, it had to have. I mean, there had to be people that were uh, inspired by this. Probably some of your favorite directors, writers, screenwriters, all, all actors. Even um, it gave people the 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 head start into film and tv for sure you know for sure so yeah it definitely um you any any nerd that has watched any of this stuff owes a debt of gratitude to the show and not to mention hitchcock and and all those people too well, yeah um but yeah de- definitely this show so you you said your favorite episode um i have the beholder it's yeah, probably my favorite yeah. yeah so if you had to pick two or three what other ones would you say two would be the living doll yeah i like that one a lot Three for me. Oh man, three would probably be. I don't know, man. How about yours? Give me. I'll. I'll, I'll think about it. Well, the three one where hard. the and I. Don't, I don't know the title, but the one where the plane lands and it's from the past, and you know it's like an antique plane lands. Yeah. But the guy's like, he's fresh from the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one's a cool one. Uh, you know the the. I really love the ending. And we said at the beginning, this is spoilers. I really love the ending where the guys, um, they steal the gold and then they decide they're going to just sleep in this chamber and then they're going to let the, everything kind of, kind of go away, you know, like the heat die down Yeah. and then they're going to come out and then, you know, like a little while later and then, you know, everyone's going to forgot that they stole the money, but they went too far. And the guy's like, did you see what he had? He had a bag full of that worthless gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, I just love it. Because yes. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's really cool. I think that <laughs> the uh, episode that we were talking about earlier where the guy had to make the big pitch. Yeah, that Beth, one's a good one. That might be three. I don't know. There's so many good ones. What about the one where the guy's on the planet by himself and he's on some kind of science research station? So they give him the android lady. Oh, I love that one. That one's a really good one. Yeah. And then that team shows up to bring him uh, supplies and they tell him that they can bring him back, but they can't bring the the android. Yeah. Because that was a hot android, too. Oh, yeah. I 50s hot yeah. android. Yeah. I would have just stayed there with her. So the guy, total jerk move. He shot her. Yeah, man. That was a bummer. And, and the guy was okay with it. I, I will say he wasn't okay with it. But, I mean, I would expect him to, like, attack the guy. Yeah. But he said some kind of speech, like, well, we were two different people from two different worlds. Yeah. And then he got on the ship and went back with him. I would have stayed there with of, her. Well, but she was dead, though. 
Or I mean, I mean before that, like yeah, before that, if was, given the there'd cho- be no question. It'd yeah. be like, yeah, okay, I'll stay here. Well, there's other aspects of it that I don't want to get into, like <laughs> how, <laughs> you know, what kind of android? What, I mean, was she just a? How do I put this? How functional was she? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Well, uh, I, I mean, that's that's a science question. Was she fully functional? Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean, listeners. Or did they literally just? Stare at each other from a respectable distance in that little shack well, and play okay, chess. Okay, I'll you know what I'm going highbrow on you. I'm I'm jumping over all that okay that lowbrow stuff. <laughs> I wasn't trying to slam you. That sounded really mean. <laughs> but let's say they were like the perfect couple, and and sex was not an issue. <clears throat> they they just had great conversations, and uh, you know they finished each other's sentences. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but it was. <laughs> this morning, I think I want some oatmeal. No, she. You were looking at me like you wanted me to finish that. Like they finished no, each other's I, and I, like I, sentences. I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I was just thinking how ridiculous the guy's like, you know, saying something. Oh, I really would like to look at the sunset. <laughs> You know, I was thinking that'd be so ridiculous. This is a machine, or is it a machine? Right. It's it's AI. It it's it you know comes alive. It's self aware. And you know, in 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 the vein of what you were talking about, the highbrow, where their their, you know, the relationship was completely what would it, what would that be called platonic? Mm, I guess. I, mean, I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. No sex. We'll say that. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll just go right bare bones. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. But. Uh, <laughs> Yes, there was. <laughs> but I, this is a, this is an idea, and we can cut this off. Uh, you know, if you don't want to have that in the podcast. But I think a future podcast that we should do. I think this would be when you're still laughing. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not I'm trying to look at this area fifty one sign and like get my mind up for it. I'm, I think a really fascinating podcast subject would be. Okay. And I told you about this before. The title would be a world without sex. Oh so yeah. What would the world be like if we woke up tomorrow morning and all sexual desire, all of the urges, the hormones that teenagers have and and all that, everything for all mankind was gone. We'd have to put some parameters around it because obviously you, you know, evolutionary or common sense wise, you have to have that. Well, we'd have to propagate the species, right. So are you just saying the woman just like the guy shakes her hand and she's pregnant? Well, no, I'm saying like all the biology would still be the same, but maybe it would all be test tube babies. Like there would be no need for actual intercourse, you know, okay. what I mean? and no desire. That's the main point. Or we could just say, well, don't worry about that. It happens. It happens. So let's not talk about it. Happens it happens when it needs to. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll, we'll just do this real quick. I mean, there's we to give it real credence. We'd have to do a whole episode, but that's what I'm talking about doing. But here, tell me, tell me if you agree with this or not. Okay. Right off the bat, crime rates fall across the board. Think of sure. how many crimes involve molestation, rape, sexual, you know, all, jealousy. So, yes, somebody has an affair and stuff like so that. So many of these crimes are in some way associated with those carnal desires, are they not? So, yeah. right across the board, right off the bat, huge decline major decline in but but on the other end of that um society fails maybe because people don't get up and go to work because they don't 
even care about any kind of status anymore. So there's a certain amount of things you that people might do just to not really impress the other sex, but, you know, like, I don't know, like go to work, have a good life, you know, you're single and eventually you want to attract a mate. Right. Because not just for love, for the other thing. Ideally, in, in my scenario of it, yeah, the sexual desires would all be gone, but you would still want a companion and you would still like love your wife. You know, you would still because think about it. How many, you know, well, I don't want to get too well, but sex is such a it's a big part of a relationship. It is. But how many times are, you know, have there been stretches where there is not that for whatever reasons and you're still fine. But what's the percentage <clears throat> of men that could or sometimes women that could handle that? Now, now, if, if somehow you take out of the equation the longing for that. That's what I'm talking about, yes. Okay, okay, well. But, I mean, what what percentage of people, or, I mean, what percentage of things are done because it might end up that you have sex with someone? That's what I'm talking about. That's the entire world would change. Think of, sorry, ladies, no more free drinks and bars. But no I can think of a lot of <laughs> negatives that would happen. Okay, well, that well, like what, like, well, like I was what, trying to say, like, there's a certain, especially if you're single, there's a certain amount of things that you do because you don't want to ruin the chances of maybe having sex with with or maybe meeting someone and having sex, and you're like, well, I, I know I don't want a long term relationship, but I want, and this sounds really bad, but I want a relationship to where we date a little bit and we have sex some. Okay, but. So, so then all of a sudden you, you take out that, like, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that ultimate reward, which some people would, even women would say that's kind of a reward. Well, think about all the things. the right guy. What about so all the I, things? I'm saying there is a ton of negatives. Yeah. But I'm thinking there's some, I mean, a ton of positives. But I'm thinking there's a lot of negatives, too. What? Because, because you would have some people that would all of a sudden be underachievers. And they wouldn't be so, you know. I think there would definitely be more positive because than the negatives. carrot at the end of the string for them was the sex. Like, yeah, for all these one, things. one carrot, yeah. not all carrots, but one. <clears throat> yeah. So they quit. They quit bathing as much as they would have. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. I, that's funny, but I'm being serious about it. I'm just thinking about a small slice of the of the pie or a small slice of the per, the percentage. Of but people. it would also cause young men to stop doing all those things that they know they don't really want to do, like putting gel in their hair and listening to Coldplay. Well, yeah, that you're right. But you know what I think more intriguing is, I, I think you want to talk about the positives of it. And I think th- I think a little bit of that would be low-hanging fruit. I think that would be kind of easy to figure out the positives yeah. of this <clears throat> world without sex. But I think more more interesting to me would be to think about the negatives. I think there'd be a lot of negatives that, you wouldn't really uncover until you had a good, like, long conversation about it. True. I've, you know? I have a feeling right off the bat that the, the positives would outweigh the negatives. I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. But that would be interesting to see what, we may be surprised at what negatives might, you know, yeah. show themselves. I mean, I think I think um, entertainment would change for sure. And I think that um, a certain amount of sports. The, Commercials. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, from personal experience, I could say safely that maybe 99 to 100% of my own personal choices that have resulted negatively or that have been stupid decisions have been in part or mostly because of that desire. Well, well, think about this, though. And, and this sounds so cliche. <clears throat> I'm sorry. But 
Sometimes it really is making love. So <laughs> I knew you looked at me in the eye when you said that. <laughs> because I want you to know I'm serious about it. <laughs> I shouldn't have looked you in the eye. He was unbuttoning his top two buttons of his shirt when he said that. I'm I'm disturbed. But what I'm gonna say is <laughs> is is that not the pinnacle of a relationship sometimes in that setting? That Feel it's, like it's a, making a love. physical a physical way to to um to not really prove love but to like show it to to show it to I'm not yeah I'm not saying that it's So uh, I think without that that pinnacle not it's, I don't want to say pinnacle cuz it's not the most important thing but that act or whatever <clears throat> is just one thing you just you're just taking one thing away from the relationship Yeah you're talking about sex and it's and in, in my opinion and it's healthy. It's purest form. And that is between two mutual people right. that are completely in love and that, yeah, want to be together forever. But when you're talking about deviant behavior, yeah. That's where I'm talking about. Yeah. But so, um, which basically all this debate boils down to, is it better to have loved and lost than to never to have loved at all? Yeah. You know, that's the, yeah. the Annabelle Lee, the poem that the the guys like debating, you know, do I wish I never lost her, you know, or wait, do I wish I never met her? Right. Would that be better than to, than to lose her? Right. So basically, you know, that's the kind of the debate we're having a little bit. Well, I could, I think I could answer that with me. Like if, if my wife, if, if something were to happen to her, I don't think I would definitely not say, Oh, well, I, I wish I had just never met her. Cause then I wouldn't have all this pain of missing her. Like I would definitely rather have all the memories, you know, yeah, I've thought about that before. I would definitely rather have the memories. But then her. when you get, and I had a really good English teacher that we, a literature <clears throat> teacher, and we read that poem and we had a huge debate in class and, and she was very good at making us think of both sides. And one thing I'll never forget that she said, and because someone had said that, it's like, of course you, you wouldn't want to say, no, I wish I never met her. But she said, but you've never been in a long-term despair of missing someone. She said, perhaps if you were, you might look at it differently. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I thought, oh, that's a good point. I still well, don't, I still don't agree with that side of it, but she's right. I mean, uh, until you wear someone else's shoes. Well, this isn't a romantic loss, but you know, I've lost both my parents, you know, and that was a long-term. Yeah, Hell, my, that's true. My dad's been gone for 18 years and I still, I, but I think the, I think the, you know, I mean, that's very, that's a very good point. But I think the nature of that was with a mate, you have a choice. Okay. I get what you're saying. You know, with a family member, you don't, you're just thrown in. Yeah. I was just thinking of loss and it's like most primitive form. And I think, I think whoever wrote the movie, it's not even that great of a movie, but I kind of like the ending, the butterfly effect. Oh yeah. I just watched that the other day. When the guy's like, never talk to me again. That was basically Annabelle Lee. Right. You know, cause that, in that way he assured that she would go on and, and she had a better life with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So could you love someone enough to wish them better than you? If you know that you were just going to fail them. Hmm? Oh yeah. That's deep that's heavy yeah that's heavy yeah that would be the truest form of love to be like like he was thinking i I would have to be very selfish right maybe maybe i would maybe i wouldn't i don't know if i knew that i would only bring someone sorrow and and for them to be apart from me would 
would mean their happiness. I guess I'm too optimistic. I would think I, I can fix it. But of course the whole movie, he tried to fix it, but he couldn't. And he just made it worse. And he had time travel and stuff. Yeah. And he couldn't fix it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was a good movie, but it was a good movie. I thought it was a good movie. I don't know. There's something that I don't like, but I can't remember. So I guess really? I'm say I like it. <laughs> was it just Ashton Kutcher? No, he's okay. He's not bad. He's not bad. So, all right. I liked it overall. So yeah, Twilight Zone. <laughs> you know what? We just need to start saying, instead of saying tonight, we're going to be talking about, we need to say tonight, our, we mention? our random, <laughs> our random wandering conversations will be loose, loosely based around the Twilight Zone. Maybe that gives us something good to kind of, uh, to kind of, talk about and then talk around. Yeah. It's like with, with our conversations, I kind of noticed this on all these, on all our episodes. Um, it just, the topic serves as a good home base. So we'll meet at that home base and we'll discuss it for a little bit. And then we wander way off into the outfield and then we, you know, it's good to come back to home base and get back on task. And then that kind of seems to be our formula. Yeah. It works out. It definitely works out. Sure. Sure. sure It works out. We've made it. What total counting the first 12 was this 35, 34, 35 something episodes? Something like that. Yeah. 35. Something like that. Yep. It's all right. Blast. Well, all right. That's uh, episode 23, the twilight zone and a lot of other zones. <laughs> did we talk about the friend zone? I think no, I said I the no, no zone earlier. Yeah. I think you did. <laughs> oh dude, we didn't talk about the friend zone. We'll yeah, do that next time. I don't know. We don't need to talk about the friend zone. I just thought it was kind of cool. Cause it sounded like twilight zone a little bit. You know what? That should have been this, the uh, skit we did. <clears throat> From the uh, beginning of this. Yeah. Somewhere between a lover and someone you'd never want to touch. The, is friend, the friend zone. We we could have called it like the friend light zone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The danger zone. Highway to the danger zone. Hell, hell, Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, good episode. We'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>